Hey, 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 what's going on? How you doing? I'm just fixing the uh, the video here. Welcome. I am now I'm now simultaneously on Facebook Live and um, Clubhouse at the same time. I've been, been tinkering with this a little bit for the last couple of weeks, and it's been a lot of fun. So I thought, hey, why not um, put the two together? I had a very interesting uh, conversation earlier with one of my clients, and I thought this would be a really great topic for our podcast slash um, our uh, Facebook Live for our community and in um, the Trigger Proof group. So I just want to welcome you, those who are jumping on. Um, welcome. I will have time for some questions about this very, very important topic. And um, I never thought that I would ever be talking about this. It was really interesting. It was it, it this whole uh, concept of me wanting to talk about this conversation about victimhood and health and healing and that kind of thing. It started with a clubhouse room that I was invited to speak at and I was being a guest kind of like a, I was leading a room with, uh, with Shema, her name is. And <clears throat> we did it on the narcissistic codependent cycle. And so there's nothing that get, garners more attention in the world uh, right now on social media than the word narcissism. And so everybody's got a story. And uh, so I jumped on and I had a very interesting view coming from a somatic healing perspective. This isn't from a um, blame game, who's at fault, woe is me uh, support group. I'm very, uh, very clear that the work that we do uh, to help heal, healing work uh, involves going beyond kind of the support group mentality. Support groups are great, especially when you're in a pit of despair, uh, to be able to have a group of people where you can say, hey, me too, you're not alone. That's really important. Uh, but the research has shown a lot of these types of support groups really promote a state of victimhood. I noticed this back when I was a chiropractor uh, full time. And I would see patients who had fibromyalgia and the guy above the, in my clinic in Maple Ridge, British Columbia, the guy above my clinic, uh, he's a medical doctor who had a, uh, you can check on this, uh, he has a fibromyalgia support group, Dr. Himes, lovely gentleman, South African gentleman. We had, you know, we met on for lunch and, and uh, lovely gentleman and had specializes his medical practice on fibromyalgia. So what does he do? He has a fibromyalgia support group. And a lot of these, these people would come up, a lot of these women would come up and they would tell me about, um, about their symptoms and everything like that. And I realized, holy shit, this all started back in, you know, my chiropractic days when I would see patients with chronic illnesses, patients who came in with diagnosed illnesses like fibromyalgia or, uh, you know, and I would notice something. This guy was very curious. You know, the school of thought that I came into was about healing, really had healing in mind. And it wasn't until 10 years as a chiropractor, I realized there's certain people that will not heal. Not that they don't want to, it's that they're unconsciously pushing healing away. What I now understand after gone deeper into my training in trauma, it's a work, the word called fleeing from health, 
sounds absolutely nuts when you really think about it because who would want to flee from health? Ah, 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 think again. Um, now we start getting into philosophical conversations that your doctor will never really get into because it's not really in their training. Uh, and this is about making the unconscious conscious. We have unconscious complexes. I want to start this conversation off really by sharing that we have, un, we all do, and nobody's, uh, nobody's grandiosely uh, immune to this, myself included. <coughs> we all have unconscious complexes that are running our programming unbeknownst to us, unless we do deep inner work and do the courageous work to expose it. And I realized that many of these women didn't want to get healthy. I was like, what the hell? Like, it's like they're pushing the possibility away. And then I realized that a lot of these people, a lot of these people afflicted with chronic pain and chronic illness are getting a secondary unconscious it's not conscious it's not because they're manipulative on purpose or anything many of them many not all some are manipulative it's just facts of life um some of these people are unaware that the stories that they're holding on to unconsciously are 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 promoting the illness without them even being without them knowing about it and today i'm going to talk about why we unconsciously, unconsciously just get stuck in these victim stories and we go around these rooms and we talk to people and then tell, tell our woe is me story and the dangers of that. And this is not gonna, this is this post, this video, this podcast, this YouTube video, it's not gonna make me very popular with a lot of people. And I'm okay with that because my commitment to, um, healing and telling the truth is far greater than having everybody like me. It took me a while to get there because I just wanted everybody to like me. I just wanted to be liked by everybody. So I wouldn't really say this or I would say this. And then I would get a lot of pushback from a lot of victims who start aggressively coming at me. Uh, and then I, I realized, ooh, maybe not everybody's ready for this. So this is all going to depend on your journey of healing. You might not um, agree with what I'm saying. Um, I do have now, there's new research that's coming out to back what I'm sharing is that uh, victimhood has is slowly, uh, if we're not conscious, it becomes our identity and it causes us to block all possibility of healing. And we stay stuck in a story and we push health we push love, we push support, we push trust away because we feel victimized, obviously. And then we stunt our growth and our healing. And we go to doctors and we go to these support groups saying we want to heal, but unconsciously we're shooting ourselves in the foot. I don't want you to do that. So I want to talk about the four reasons specifically uh, why we, the four specific reasons why our victimhood stories become so alluring so that we can keep an eye on it and not turn into covert narcissists. I say covert because uh, it, it, it's not overt. First of all, narcissists would never say, hey, look, look at me, I'm a narcissist. But a lot of times what I've observed in these, it, first of all, in my own healing journey through my own, facing my own inner Kanye West, my own narcissistic uh, traits, 
my narcissistic uh, tendencies. It's very uncomfortable to look at that, by the way. If you asked me a few years ago, I would have said, no, I'm not. I would have defended it, which is exactly what a narcissist would say. <laughs> so uh, I decided to get uncomfortable, which you know you're doing the real deep inner work and the shadow work when you're willing to... Uh, Put down the magnifying glass and pick up a mirror instead. This is really, really uncomfortable. So what I'm saying, and I'm curious to see, you know, how this lands for you. So there's four reasons why um, we perpetually get stuck in victimhood, why we just love being uh, victims so much. Um, first of all, I want to do a disclaimer and say that it's, I'm sorry that really shitty things have happened to you. It's not fair. It's not right. We can, we can, you know, talk about philosophical a conversation of it should never have happened. And, and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry you went through that. Uh, and here's the question. Now that it happened, three years later, four years later, five years later, six years later, <clears throat> if you're not careful and you're not rolling in the right circles and you don't have the right people around you holding you accountable telling you the truth, having you, holding you accountable to growing because a post-traumatic stress will happen after you went through that. But if you don't do, if you don't uh, really look at what I'm saying here and take ownership of it and be willing to do the real deep inner work and get uncomfortable and have a guide walk you through this, uh, chances are you're going to be stuck in that victim story and you'll be playing that you'll be telling that victim story and it'll become you it becomes your whole identity and every narcissist is a victim i want you to please start by writing this down the person that you feel victimized by who you've pointing a finger he's a narcissist that's probably one of the most common comments we get on our thing oh, that per my partner's a narcissist narcissist and those those of you in australia you're like narcissist some of you write N-A-C-I-S-S-I-S-T. <laughs> it's just, it's really funny. It's just, boom, it's like the knee-jerk reaction. They're narcissists. They're narcissists. First thing I want you to get is that when you diagnose or label somebody with a personality disorder, with a mental illness, that's the definition, call them crazy. You are, by definition, gaslighting, right? And so... Most times when we're pointing a finger at someone and labeling them unconsciously, whenever I see that, especially when I see those people who are narc abuse survivor uh, coaches, you know, these are the ones where your red flags need to go up. These are often covert narcissists with grandiosity. And I'll explain to you why they are actually professional victims. And the ones who become professional victims and label themselves as survivors 20 years later it happened 10 years ago but i'm still a survivor what's happened is they've identified themselves with their history they've identified themselves with their injury and it's become their identity and so it becomes kind of like this you're bound to this other person Right. And there's several reasons why this is very alluring and why we don't want to get off of that uh, victim train. So I'm going to share that and hopefully have some time for questions. So 
we wouldn't be doing it, first of all. We, nothing that we do in our psyche, even though you think that you're, it's terrible for you, you wouldn't do it unless it serves a need. We all have these psychological needs. Uh, and It serves a need. So there's four specific psychological needs that our victimhood actually gives us. So I'm going to put this this way, like there, and see if I can see if I can write it down. Let me just do it this way here. I think that's better. Boom. All right. So there's four needs that our victimhood um, serves uh, for psychological needs. Okay. So I, I wrote them down here. Number one, and by the way, this is, uh, I just wanted to give a disclaimer. I am not a, a, an academic. I have written no papers on um, journals, scientific journals and psychological journals. I'm a chiropractor. Actually, I'm a clinician. And I, I uh, sold my practice years ago and now have, over the last 10 years, uh, been specializing in interpersonal trauma and I'm in training for my somatic experiencing. I'm not an academic. I have written no journals or gotten no degrees specifically in academia in mental disorders, diagnosing and treating mental illnesses at all. I'm a clinician helping people heal from stress-related disorders. As a chiropractor, realizing that trauma and our unresolved traumatic wounds, actually attachment traumas were the root cause. So I was like sitting there at the office going, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> These people are dealing with fractured uh, relationship uh, breakdowns that's causing them to fracture with themselves. I, I want to help them. So I started creating these workshops 10 years ago in my practice that slowly incrementally developed to weekend programs and uh, online sessions and online trainings and group programs that are one-to-one -one, as well as group as well as before COVID hit live events. And I sold my practice and, and because people were healing. People were healing from their traumas. People were getting actual results that they weren't getting at their therapist's office because they were doing talk therapy all the time and they were which is helpful cognitive behavioral therapy landmark demartini byron katie the work all are great i've done all of them i've trained in all of them there was a missing ingredient that academia hasn't caught up with yet which is the somatic work is going deeper into the body so there's a huge gap between those that are uh, publishing the papers and uh, lecturing about it and professors, which are great, which I'm literally a student of constantly. Uh, and then the clinicians who actually, uh, I don't have specific kind of psychiatry, psychology credential. I have credentials of actually helping people cognitively top down and bottom up heal those attachment traumas so they can decrease their anxiety so that they can feel safer in their body so that they can heal their attachment uh, attachments because that's really where it all comes from unresolved attachment traumas uh, from parents from uh, narcissistic parents from abusive parents from neglectful parents from abandonment it literally stays within our body so talking about it doesn't address stuff that was there before you were even verbal so that's why it makes my heart sing to t teach people about this stuff. So <clears throat> the big gap was this pattern that I saw in my practice that some people just wouldn't get healthy. And in relationships, same patterns. We fall into the same patterns. And so 
to heal this, we got to expose the fact that there's a part of us that gets stuck in victimhood. And we need to transform this story if we're going to, if we're going to change, uh, if we're going to change our outcome, if we're going to get healthier, we must be able to absolve our victim stories. Not that it to, to invalidate that pain happened to you. It's not an invalidation. It's actually to help you go, okay, that happened. Now what? How do I get completion? How do I get resolution? And I promise you, your victim story won't give you resolution. Um, but in order to create resolution, we have to first see why we love our victim stories so much. So here it is. The first one, number one, we love to be victims so much because number one, it restores within us a sense of agency. What does that mean? Agency means choice. Agency means a sense of control. What victimhood does for us is that it takes that locus of control from out there where I'm powerless to in here where I'm powerful. So by being the victim, we get to be somebody, you know, especially when we're so dissociated and it happens with people with enmeshment trauma. Our first victimization is through a cultural system. Our systems, we're all victims to religious systems, educational systems, medical systems, family systems. Those are the true victims that we are. We all are victims to these cultural systems. 100% true. Right. We, it's 100 percent true. We, we all begin there. But uh, but this leaves us with a sense of complete powerlessness. Soon as it happens, the breakdown happens in the relationship or whatever, uh, this conflict that happens, I can then become the victim. And that's where I get my agency, my sense of control. I have control. I'm somebody. It gives me a sense of identity. Identity. Now. Why is that important? Well, oftentimes we're in these relationships with narcissistic abuse, you know, um, and that is very insidious. If you were raised with parents who didn't let you individuate and say, you know, like um, there's a funny uh, woman, a uh, comedian who's Indian and she did this little video about her, you should watch it, it just got published, it's so funny. Like she's in her 20s, she goes, mom, I, I wanna move to the city, I wanna buy a place. And, she, and, and her, her Indian mother was like, oh, you're leaving the house? Oh, we're not good enough for you? Oh, that's fine. And it's, it was so fucking hilarious and painful at the same time. But what she was exposing was enmeshment trauma, a lack of ability to individuate from narcissistic parenting types. We are all victims of that. And what happens is we lose our identity. So when we feel powerless and a loss of identity, we have to begin, we must begin with a victimhood state and go, fuck this, this is not fair. I've been a victim of the system. I've been a victim to this relationship and I didn't even know it. Good, that's the first sense, it's amazing. Once you get this, it feels powerful it feels quite empowering in the beginning but when you don't transcend this and you stay in that story you're there 10 years later and you're still calling yourself a fucking survivor if you understand um the nervous system you don't want to be in survival stress 10 years down the road you don't even want to be at two years after the relationship 
You don't want to be in survival stress as quickly as possible. You want to get yourself, you want to get your ass out of survival stress if you want your health to benefit. So you cannot have, here it is, you cannot be healthy and call yourself a survivor at the same time. The two are mutually exclusive. Health and survival identity, survivor stress are mutually exclusive. Survival stress, you you kick up your cortisol and adrenaline, your nervous system goes haywire, your digestive system shuts down, your immune system shuts down. Every amazing life-giving function of your body goes into protective mode. Why? Because you keep telling the story of survivor, 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 showing up on clubhouse chats going, I'm a survivor. I'm a narc abuse survivor. 20 years down the road, still telling that story and then going, why do I still have depression? Why do I still have, oh, why do I still have chronic pain, chronic illness? Well, first step, own how much you've been loving on and using your victim story to give you a sense of control. Now, if you don't find other means of control that are more health giving, you're going to use your victim story. So the agency set giving you a sense of agency is the first one. <clears throat> Truth of the matter is many victims right now, call, we call them professional victims, they're making a lot of money off of telling you, oh yeah, you're blameless. It's all their fault. It's all their fault. They're making a lot of money selling you victimhood. These are professional victims. And there's research out there that's showing that these professional victims that are angry and bitter and all of that stuff that haven't really gotten a sense of completion yet. It's it, it survival for the survival is better than despair, but you don't want somebody guiding you who's just in survival mode. You want somebody guiding you who has, who has had completion, who has a sense of completion. So a lot of these uh, survivor uh, people uh, are, are become, you know, become professional victims. And uh, then they, they will prey on victims. And so you gotta be careful of that. So number two, victimhood makes sense of your history. Number two reason why we love, we, we don't want to give up that victimhood. Victimhood makes, makes sense of our history. What happens is whenever something breaks down, we blame ourselves naturally because you've been groomed that way. The system, the family system that you're a true, truly a victim to, who are all victims of their family system, who are all victims of their family system. See, I'm trying to tell you that we're all victims of the cycles of intergenerational trauma. That's the real, true victimhood that we're all in. And if we don't wake up from this truth, we then perpetuate, we become the perpetrators of the next generation. That's what's at stake here. That's why I'm so keen on teaching this because the more in victimized I am from my parents, the more I will, the more chance I will have to victimize my son because, because victims, chronic victims are covert narcissists. Every narcissist you've ever met always has a victim story. And what they do is we abuse others based on and justify our abuse based on the victim story. So if I'm still holding on to this victim story, 
because I need to make sense of my history because I'm so un, uh, I'm so unhappy with where I'm at now. I'm so fucking pissed and to sit there and I've been blaming myself instead of really looking at how I'm just a I'm just a victim of the of the of the whole system and we're all the same way. We're all in the same boat in our own way. What happens is I wake up and then I can now make sense of my history and then I can now stop blaming myself. I blame the other person now. Ah, thank you, victimhood. It's not, it wasn't my fault. It was their fault. And that's important. It's important when you're in a state of despair and you're blaming yourself. A big part of the work we do with our students is tell them that they were victims, teach them that they were victims of their history. And it was none of your fault. And then it's like, because we're blue, because we spend all half of our lives blaming ourselves. So now when I read a book or I go into a, see a post of this is a narcissist, these are signs of narcissist. And I'm like, it was him I can blame, which is important because we want to take the, it's like a hot potato. I take this blame hot potato and I throw it away because it's too hot. I'm going to give it to the other person. True healing helps us make sense of our history, not from a place of blaming. Making sense of our history, we must let go of our blame. If we don't, we will make sense of our history. It's telling the story of our own blameless innocence and their fault to compensate from the fact that we've been blaming ourselves the whole time. And now in this little dance of the blame game, what happens to your healing? What happens to your nervous system? What happens to your anxiety levels? What happens to your chances of having a healthy relationship? <laughs> if you go on a date with somebody, I want you to realize this. As you talk about your past relationships and you're in the dating, if you're single in the dating world, just listen to the person tell them tell you about their last relationship. If they tell you a victim story, guess who's going to be their next per- their next perpetrator? You. if you're on a date with somebody who just keeps talking about all their victim stories and all of how they've been hurt by every single person, not to, I'm not saying to invalidate them. I'm just saying that should be a red flag for you. There's a covert narcissist going on there and you, my friend will be the next victim. (laughs) Sorry. You will be the next perpetrator to their victim story. Sorry. Correction there. So it just, it's just a fact. I get this is uncomfortable, but fuck, I got to, I got to say it. I mean, I, if you, if you stop following me or you unfollow or you're like, I'm crazy or whatever, that's fine. I, I, good riddance. I really need to just, I just need to get this off my chest. Thank you. Number three, victimhood. Why we don't like to get rid of it. Why we really want to stay. And I just, I recall one person. Uh, recently who just had a breakdown in a relationship. She wasn't dating for a while. She started dating again and then got triggered. And instead of doing the work, she went back to her old victim story. And I realized she was doing number three. And here's what it is. Victimhood gives us permission to avoid the world. Truth of the matter is, You like my chicken scratch then? Truth of the matter is life is scary. The world is scary. And by me holding on and really just embodying this victim story, I can then validate um, 
that the world is not safe and validate my choice to create a cushion. The problem is victimhood is an, an encasement. It becomes a coffin. It mummifies us and renders us a corpse. It becomes constricting. We start to practice avoidance tactics and you cannot live a meaningful existence without love and by avoiding. It just, we can't. But our victimhood story gives us an opportunity, whether it were a victim to an illness, whether we're, and this is victimhood to an illness too, not just a person. <clears throat> Sometimes we just really love that stuff. Oh, I have PTSD. Oh, I have PTSD. It's my PTSD, which becomes the reason why I can avoid, right? Because I don't want to, it's this thing outside of me that I've identified myself with and it's totally unconscious. It's not your fault. And our systems keep you stuck in it because they keep labeling you and diagnosing you. And I'm here to tell you, most of it's complete bullshit. <laughs> We've seen people completely transform. In order to transform, you must identify with that story and, and know that, you want to get you, no matter what your diagnosis is, no matter what situation you grew up with, that you want to unplug from this matrix of systems, this spell that you've been under that didn't start with you, that wasn't your fault, that you're tired of living your life trying to avoid it. And it's time for you to get out of that and now create your own vision, create your own life, you know, but the biggest obstacle will be, I don't know who I am. Who am I without this victim story? Good, exactly. This is why most people don't want to leave it because it becomes an encasement. It becomes an identity. I don't know who I'll be without it. <clears throat> How many times do I remember patients of mine um, who've had depression, who had you know chronic illness and chronic pain, and I'm like, well, here's the roadmap to recovery. This is what you can do. And then all of a sudden they realize this illness is giving me uh, a paycheck. It's giving me support. It's giving me a, fee a feeling where I don't have to feel rejected by anyone. It's giving me a voice to say, no, I don't have to feel guilt. I can take care of myself. So <clears throat> to heal that, you got to own that you might have been using this, this, this illness as an unconscious, not because you're a bad person, but as an unconscious strategy to get your needs met, emotional, financial, physical. I know I'm not being comfortable here. I know it sounds insulting to some of you listening, but I've just been in the game long enough. And I, I got, after seeing patient after patient and talking to client after client and going, God, there's something blah about working with these people. I'm now clear on who is ready for the real deep inner work and who's not. In fact, we, we have an application form now and we have maybe 50 to 75 applicants a month. 90% of them are not a fit. <laughs> it's not because, not because it's, it's personal, but it's because this level of work goes, uh, the, the ones that we do in our programs, um, intimacy upgrade, intimacy accelerator are for people who are acknowledging that they've been giving that story and they're wanting to go to the next level. In other words, the benefits that you're getting, here's how you're going to heal your victim story. It's all about incentive. If I'm getting more incentives, whether it's financial, 
whether it's attention, whether it's whatever, if I'm getting more incentive, safety, whatever, protection with my victim story, then I'm not going to let go and I'm going to stay stuck here. The only time I'm going to be willing to let go of this identity is only when I hit a rock bottom, is when I hit a space where it's like, I can no longer live like this. All of my, the things that I love in life are gone. I don't have access to any fulfillment. I have access to no power. And I've, I want to learn how to be at cause. I'm tired of making other people that cause. It's too painful to remain where I'm at. That's the only way. And, and, and so our, our kind of application forms are designed to kind of identify who those people are, who are resourced enough to be like, fuck this, enough, I'm ready. And 90% are, are, are just not there, you know? So, um, those are the types of people that would benefit more from kind of support workers, going to social workers, going to, you know, having, um, you know, people, uh, counselors that are, you know, in a network, private insurance, like public, like an insurance type of thing. This type of work is for those who are ready to become at cause, to heal with the, the shadow parts, to look and just get uncomfortable and look at all these narcissistic parts that they've been running in the background. These little unconscious, unconscious manipulative strategies we like to use. I mean, think about it. Like just take, for example, if as a child, the only way that you ever got, got any attention and any love from parents that were completely in their, out of their minds was when you got sick or injured, guess what unconscious strategies you're going to deploy as an adult when you're feeling dissociated and sad and rejected? What are you going to use to get love? Illness and injury. That's not your fault. However, this is responsibility. The opposite of victimhood is not blamelessness, blame. It's responsibility, not blame. You got to be willing to throw the blame game away, which leads me to my fourth point of why we freaking love, love our victim story. Here it is. And this is just as uncomfortable as the other three. Um, Victimhood gives us a sense of grandiosity. Ouch. When I have a diagnosis, it's kind of like this little high that I would notice patients coming in. Um, uh, patients coming in, I've been diagnosed with degenerative disc disease. I'm like, oh my God, everyone's got degenerative disc disease, honey. <laughs> You're not that special. I, oh, I have osteoarthritis. Yes, everyone's got osteoarthritis. You're not a victim to this illness. I've got, I've been diagnosed with, you know, even my ex would, would walk around and be like, uh, I've been diagnosed with, uh, I was diagnosed celiac. And I ask her, I say, um, was there a doctor that did a blood test? Is there a doctor that did a blood test on it? No. It's like, I just was diagnosed. It's just a doctor said so. It's like, oh, dude, come on. <laughs> And she literally was using this diagnosis as her identity. She built a cafe. She like this became, and she got like tons of people with celiac, like looking up to her and going, oh my God, you are like our savior. And 
she's like, wow, this is great. And then we did some emotional work and she was able to, after that, heal that. And I gave her a piece of banana bread. She ate it with no reaction. How's that? Well, it turns out the celiac and that was a, you know, a victim story. <laughs> she didn't even, she didn't even have a diagnosis. This sense of grandiosity. We unconsciously, what happens is when, especially after, when we are feeling so in despair after a breakdown of a relationship where we've been blaming the shit out of ourselves, it's been uncomfortable, right? We are so in, in a state of pain. Uh, victimhood gives us a sense of grandiosity. We then all of a sudden feel blameless. Ah, oh, he was a narcissist. I'm an empath, which is another clinical non-entity. Doesn't exist. The entity doesn't exist. Um, you know, it, we, we all have a ca capacity for empathy, especially if we're in our heart. Often those who diagnose themselves with as empaths is a form of kind of superiority and grandiosity. Look at me. I sense people's emotions. Yeah, that's called a trauma response. <laughs> Oftentimes your hypersensitivity and hyper, your hypersensitivity comes from a, as a trauma response because of hypervigilance, because of a lack of safety in your home. That is a trauma response, just like victimhood is, just like, um, just like uh, running, just like uh, freezing, freezing, fawning, fawning, uh, uh, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, the four trauma responses that destroy our relationships. If you, um, if you want to learn more about that, watch my YouTube video titled um, The Four Trauma Responses That Destroy Your Relationships. Becoming extremely hypervigilant is a trauma response. You know what else is a trauma response? You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. That you, that a lot of self-diagnosed empaths give themselves, you know, another part of that trauma response, self-abandonment, self-betrayal. That's why you're perfect for that narcissistic kind of counterpart. That's why you're such a magnet for them. Because it's not because you're this blameless, you know, empath. It's because of trauma. <laughs> so I'm not saying this, you know, 
personally to attack you, although I, I get you might feel attacked, you know, look, you know, a lot of times empaths are covert narcissists. It's like, look at me, I'm superior, I'm this victim. You know, it, it basically gives us this moral superiority. I'm angelic. I'm the innocent one. I'm the good guy. That person's evil, right? And we, which is a psychological narcissistic defense strategy called splitting, where you make yourself the angel and the other person the devil, right? And that basically is exactly what, the narcissistic defense mechanism. It's this grandiosity. And you'll notice every single um, narcissist is a victim. So I'm trying to help you here. Your victim story, which is not invalid, could also be a crutch that is costing you your health, your vitality, your relationships, costing all of those at the, uh, for the sake of getting grandiosity, for the sake of um, giving, giving you permission to avoid the world, for the sake of making, helping you make sense. It's like a narrative in, in the psychology. They have this thing. It's a narrative that I can give that just makes sense. I'm the, I'm the good guy. They're the bad guy. Ah, that's so much better. Well, it's a good start. It's better than despair and blaming yourself, okay? But true healing happens, and I got this from Dr. John Martini. when cause equals effect in space and time. When you can own, take ownership for your unconscious contribution to this. What's, if, if you can't see it, then you are playing out the role of the narcissist. It's a blind spot. It's, it's kind of weird. You know, if you can't own, if you're completely blameless and you're just this innocent bystander and it just happened to you, oh, type two diabetes. Oh, I'm just a victim to type two diabetes. Oh, well, it's something that was in my genes and my choices don't matter. No, think again, think again. It's not true. You've been sold a lie so that you can be stuck and, 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 taking pills for the rest of your life. If I can convince you that you are a blameless victim to this outside perpetrator, villain, this disease or this person, then you're going to, and I'm a, and I'm a therapist, I'm a counselor, I'm a coach who's a professional victim. Then I, then you have a victim, which is you, you have a villain, which is them. Guess what? You got to have the third entity in this drama triangle. You got to have a hero and that hero is another relationship, <laughs> which is the same pattern. If you'll notice these narcissistic codependent cycles usually is a rescue operation. He rescued you from something, whether it was a really shitty home life, whether it was a shitty other relationship, your rescuer then ends up becoming your villain perpetrator <laughs> and then you're a victim and looking for a hero outside of you. <laughs> and then you find another one and you literally, this is the problem, you become a perpetual victim all of your life. And each of us know people who are in that space. Each of us know how exhausting it can be to be with somebody like that. Because 
they are narcissistic in their victim stories. <laughs> they are enrolling you into it. And a big part of my game that I work with our clients who are now ready to abandon that story and actually heal is being careful not to get sucked into their victim story. A good mentor, a good guide will listen empathically and not invalidate your victim story. I'm sorry if you felt invalidated here. It's not to invalidate you. I, I do want to say again, your story is valid. Has it, You have every right to have it and be seen and heard. And if they're truly wanting to help you, they're going to hold you accountable to owning the cause to your effect. In other words, helping you be at cause. And if you don't get that right, you're going to be with somebody who's a professional victim, who's keeping you stuck in that victim story. A lot of our participants are like, wow, all my counselors, I realize they've been keeping me perpetual and my ther therapist, they've just been listening and validating my victim story. I'm like, yeah, who does that help? It's like, oh my God, it helps them. Yeah. Because the longer I can keep you stuck in your victim story, the longer I convince you that you're going to need a hero outside of you to save you, that the help is outside of you, that you blameless angelic empath who's got no, has no responsibility and someone needs to come and take care of you, which is a very infantile type of view, which is what the narcissistic defense strategy is. This is a huge wake up call. It's, it comes as a warning. And so the way that we dissolve this is by being able to pick up a mirror instead of a magnifying glass. And that's very difficult to do. It involves looking at ourselves. And this is very difficult because so many of our clients who've been under narcissistic abuse or they're wanting to untangle from relationship dynamics that are feeling very abusive and constrictive and they don't know who they are and they feel like they're falling into the same patterns and they fall in the same people who use them. They're giving, 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 giving. They don't know who they are. They've been pleasing, 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 dating the same type of people. Um, very few of them uh, do any type of, ha, ha, many of them have done narcissistic abuse kind of uh, victim support group type of stuff. Very few of them have looked deep at their own history to see where we all truly have been victimized by enmeshment trauma, developmental trauma, being raised by parents who didn't have the capacity to see us as individuals. We're raised with families like myself where the children are an extension of the ego, extension of the, ch of the parent. So to individuate, to have your own desires, your own values, your own dreams and hopes that are connected to your truth feels like a violation to a mother and father who are at the effect of their own and victimized by their own developmental traumas. To heal this, we must first acknowledge that you and your partner of that toxic relationship, you're both victims of ancestral intergenerational wounding and none of you are to blame. However, the real question is, how long do you want to keep going on with this story? How long, how has it been helping? What is, I get how it's been helping you for those four, it suits those four psychological needs. But really, my question to you is this, do you really want to keep going five years from now still with that same story? How would that be like for you? Would that work for you?
Is that what you want? How's your health? How's your anxiety levels? How do you sleep? I'm happy that you are a survivor and maybe you got out of there and you just barely made it out. Okay, great. Consider the possibility that by holding on to this story, you are creating a mythological character out of an asshole, out of a wounded child. You're creating an evil monster out of somebody who doesn't deserve your grandiose kind of like uh, memorial to them. (laughs) You're literally feeding in to their grandiosity by talking about them 20 years later or talking about that thing that you keep identifying with. The question you really want to ask is, I get it, here I am. What outcome do I want to create in the next six months for myself? What purpose, what, you know, what, how do I want to contribute to humankind? How do I want to feel in my body? When I look in a mirror, how do I want, when I, when I look in a mirror, how do I want to feel when I look at the reflection of that person? What kind of relationships do I want to create and attract? And be attracted to. <laughs> There's another hidden blind spot is it's not that you attract narcissists and you attract it. It's this unresolved attachment trauma bond causes you to keep seeking it out. You're actually attracted to those types of people until you learn how to break those trauma bonds, develop a sense of emotional literacy, learn how to deal with these flashbacks, these triggers that keep coming up and take ownership for them rather than blaming other people and running away from all of them. And that's the difficult work. It just feels safer to go and tell your story. But if you're actually ready, I'd love, I, you know, I would love to, to hear from you. I'd love to hear your story with a specific uh, question of what it is you'd like to do to heal, to solve it. And so I'm going to give you a, a couple questions right now to answer. And if you uh, answer these questions, I want you to write them down. Um, and if you are truly, um, if you're truly committed to this process, then I'd love for you to, uh, to send me your answers. And once you've sent me the answers, um, once you've sent me the answers, we can see if you're actually ready. So here we go. So here are the questions. So here's how to break free from it. I want you to write down these questions. And then um, just think about them and then send me a DM with your answers and let me know what you want, what outcome you'd love to create. Because this is how you break the cycle right here by asking this question. Question number one, this is going to be tough. How did I contribute to the outcome? How did I contribute to the outcome? That's question number one. Okay. How did I contribute to the outcome? Number two, what did I settle for based on my conditioning? These are the questions I get. These are the questions that we, we, we give our clients before really going deep into it, just to see if they're actually ready to untangle the root cause of all this. Because many people get denied because they're not able to answer these questions truthfully. They're like, I didn't do anything. I didn't contribute anything. I'm just blameless. I'm angelic. Oh, he's the narcissist. I'm just being, I'm, I'm trying to be funny here. Um, what did I settle for based on my conditioning? You've been groomed long before this narcissist was grooming you. 
What did I settle for based on my conditioning? Number three, by choosing this person, how did I abandon myself? By choosing this person, how did I abandon myself? Notice how what we're doing is we're giving back the power, the locus, they call it locus of control internally rather than externally because victims all have an external locus of control. I'm, I'm powerless. I'm blameless. It's all them. Those aren't the people that are going to be able to empower themselves to get to receive good guidance, which includes support and challenge. Most people just want support. That's not how you grow. You grow by having someone support you and challenge you. Hold up a reflection and go, ah, look again, look again, try again. <laughs> That's who you want. You want an annoying big brother or big sister to kind of kick you in the butt and lovingly. That's how you climb. That's how you grow. So that by choosing them, how did I abandon myself? Um, those are the questions. By choosing them, how, do, how did I abandon myself? What did I settle for based on my conditioning? And how did I contribute? Those are three questions. Those are the three questions. If you're interested in actually changing the dance, I want you to answer those three questions. Send me a DM with it. If you're serious about shifting and let's see if this is a fit, I'd love to see. So um, we are now on um, Clubhouse and I'd love to give anybody who's who's here listening, if you're still not too, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Offended and horrified by the audacity that I uh, suggest that people take responsibility, which is doesn't mean taking blame, by the way. Huge, you're blaming survivors, they would say. No, I'm not. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm saying who's ready to take responsibility. I'd love to hear anybody in Clubhouse who has a question. Uh, I'd love to help. Uh, just go ahead and raise your hand and jump on. And I'd love to love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, so this is really, oh, here we go. We got somebody. Awesome. All right, come on up. We have Nidhi. Welcome. Hi. Uh, uh, this this uh, entire session was so uh, useful, uh, Dr. Nima. And I I would share my uh, relation to this. I'm not going to share my story here. Okay. What I learned from you, definitely. But uh, what I'll share with you is that, yes, I had an experience like this. And I went to counselors and they would probably just assure me, oh, you're having such a bad face. And what will happen is even the people who care for me unintentionally, they would also try to assure what a bad face I have gone through. Yeah. Oh, you didn't deserve this. Uh, you know, you were not made for this or God is trying to teach you something. Yeah. All those things. And I think that kept on making me feel more <laughs> and more miserable. Yeah. and vulnerable right yeah, totally. and uh, that's where i felt like oh my god this is bad you know the counselors and a lot of the counselors make you dependent forever and yes, it's not going to help you that's exactly right? it fortunately uh, keeping i you could in come that out story and, yeah keeping you stuck absolutely, in that story absolutely and you know the second thing which i could connect to you uh what you said is in terms of the physical healing right so i had a physical condition with which I struggled for almost four or five years and I literally was in the victim hurt situation yep. because what will happen is and uh, if somebody is having a skin issue they might be able to relate to it you don't want to look at that problem right, right? because you want to be at your comfort zone yes you don't want to look at it and you just want to be in that story also that oh I'm yes. having this you know people yeah. look at me like this I'm such a poor girl yep and 
once I accepted that, okay, it's a part of me. Yeah. It's a part of me. You know, it's like, okay, it's not functioning right now, probably, but it's a part of me. I have yeah. to love it the same way I love my whole body. Mm-hmm. And then the actual healing started. Interesting. You know, Isn't and, and that? that's just quick thing I wanted to share because Beautiful. I just loved your session so much and I've connected with you on LinkedIn also. Awesome. Uh, well, so I'm, not on, so I'm not on LinkedIn. The best way to connect with me is if you go to Facebook and you uh, actually, it's on my Instagram, go ahead and follow me there. But right. then and uh, it's an Instagram uh, on my link in my bio. Join my Facebook community. It's called Trigger Proof. And uh, that's the best way to, to link. Um, but yeah, I do these. I'll, I'll do these often. But I really want I appreciate your share because um, I see it so many times. I hear it. I can actually when somebody just starts telling me what they're dealing with and their symptoms, I just it's like I can feel the upstream cause of the problem. They're like, okay, I get anxiety and panic attacks and I, this is what I feel. I wake up in the morning, da, 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 da. And in my mind, as they're saying that, I go into the developmental trauma that they experience, especially um, in your culture, Nitty. It's very, very common. Uh, your culture, my culture, Chinese let's be honest, most cultures, Middle Eastern, (laughs) uh, that that parents are raising us with spare the rod, spoil the child. So physical abuse, Um, children are uh, kind of an extension of the ego of the parents. And so it's about looking good. Uh, Shame is used as a tactic to coercively control Uh, as well. uh, Religious fundamentalism is a big part of it, physical violence. So all of us in in, in the Middle East, especially, are raised to abandon ourselves, are raised to betray ourselves. And so the the result is anxiety and panic disorder. That's the first kind of uh, indication of this unconscious game going on in the background. And then the health problems will all kind of follow suit. And so we cannot find solutions without going back and untangling these developmental traumas. And so it's very common in our cultures. And um, I know why. And yeah. I, I wanted to add one thing you what what you just mentioned right because uh, so I'm also coach definitely not in the healing area but uh, one thing I always ask people is that you know the first question what is in your control and what is not in your control mm-hmm. because often we're obsessing and this is related to your point on locus of control right what often we're obsessing about things situations people which are out of control yeah. and we are just obsessing in the sense that we are continuously blaming on it yeah. and we are uh, you know so stressed about it mm-hmm. and because of that we are not focusing on the internal control yeah. some things that are possible within your yeah. side your work yeah. right are the things which are still that you can manage but we are completely overlooking them because yeah. we want to be in that comfort situation yeah. where we can constantly bang on somebody saying that, oh, yeah. you know what, this is happening in my life. So I'm not able to concentrate here. Totally. So we that's, that's we don't want to look inside. To yeah. You don't want to look inside. And what's happening is, you know, in our spiritual manner also, you are attracting a lot of negative energy. Like, you know, uh, the, there is a demon sitting outside and the demon is sitting on negativity that you already have. And you're allowing it to grow you're yeah. allowing it that negativity to grow and then you're also challenging it oh you know what i tried this medicine that medicine i tried this counselor didn't help so just sharing it from my experience but thank you so much once again yeah thanks nidhi appreciate that 
Um, yeah, it's, it's the, the, the reason why I do this is because I, my, the message that I have, the trainings that I have, the people that we work with, um, it's not to invalidate your story. It's to help you identify that we cannot heal at the level of our story. And all these doctors and specialists we go through telling our stories unconsciously, if we don't see that this is just a, a little strategy to, for us to get that attention externally that we are lacking about how to give to ourselves because we haven't been guided back to ourselves. We go from one specialist and therapist and coach repeating our victim story and there's no resolution. And that is not helpful to you. It doesn't make you any healthier. Um, and it's time to, to change that story. So the work that we do is about helping you not invalidate your story, but to own it. Like you just said, you said, uh, Nitty, to integrate it. The word is integration. To create a, a more coherent narrative that doesn't put you as this powerless, uh, you know, powerless, uh, insignificant type of person. You, you actually have a lot more power than you think. Uh, Parika, what would you like to share? Hello. Am I grateful for being in this room? Thank you so but, wholeheartedly for your, your wisdom and everything that you've put into get to this conclusion. Cause it's just, it's a little, sucks it's a little mind blowing to people who, oh, um, are really l seeking answers. My heart goes out to these people. They're seeking answers, but we're going to therapists who are just mm -hmm. keeping them stuck in that story. The people that are in, in our trainings are like, like pissed off to no end within their third week of training. They're like, why haven't I learned this? I'm like, it's because there are people in suits and ties strategizing on how to get more drugs into more people, how to diagnose and label you with these clinical entities to convince you that, that you have no power or control and that you're this helpless, blameless victim because it's all genetic or it's because of that person and they're profiting off of your powerlessness. And I just want to go fucking rage against that please get angry get angry exactly. against that and let that energy of anger motivate you to say fucking enough it's time for me to to, to get that power and find guides find communities find conversations that will validate your story but they won't uh keep you stuck there so thanks for seeing that i really appreciate that I wanted to, that, that it felt like what you were just saying, you're just channeling at the moment to yeah. me. It just, you're reading my mind because I'm, <laughs> I'm literally, um, I'm shaking. Yeah. Literally hearing this chat, I'm literally physically shaking. Do you want to know what that means? Um, because I, I, I'm answering the question. I've got a pencil out and yeah. the questions are hitting my core. To be honest, I've been um, yeah. just initiating a full no contact yeah. Um, and my issue that is being rolling around in my head. And again, I've tried to, I'm coming out of my head. So I'm feeling the shifting of my body. Bingo. That's uh, called somatic what, work. 
That's the difference. Right. That's the difference right. between cognitive work. This is what exactly. I teach. This is what I focus on because the talk therapy and going to these narc abuse and, and congrats on the no contact. Congrats yes. on the no contact. Great work. But if you stay in these narc abuse kind of uh, professional victim gr- support groups, you I've not been in one. Yeah, you, I've, I've if, had. If, so you'll I've be stuck there for years. <laughs> you'll exactly. be stuck there. I've avoided therapy all my life, but. I've had four therapy sessions Mm -hmm. and I didn't even come into these rooms and it clicked to my head. It was like something clicked to my head. Right. And and this is my issue. And this is why it's clicking for me coming into these rooms with yourself. Yeah. And, um, I can't remember his name. Anxiety RX. Yeah. 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 Dr. Russ, my good friend, Dr. Russ. Yeah. Amazing. We we just want to wake people up. And, and my issue is where I'm at and why I'm shaking right now and why I'm finding the next bit difficult is is forgiving myself because yeah. you clicked something here. Yeah, yeah. So my role was rescue a helper, yeah. people pleasing, yeah. and not wanting to be a, a bitch. Right, I was called a bitch by my sister mm-hmm. continuously. Right. Yeah. So now you've highlighted that I think, how do I face myself with being in no contact when I now have actually been narcissistic in my people pleasing? I've yeah. realised that. Yeah. I've actually pleased them and in a very manipulative way way in my head. It was so I got things from yeah. them in, in a very shitty way. Well, listen, Parika, really I got to tell you, can I got to jump in? I got to jump in and interrupt you right Please. there. The fact that you had the courage to do that puts you far ahead of, I would say 80% of people in your situation because Many don't get there. What you're doing is you're, ne- and, and what you're saying and the discomfort you're feeling in your body right now because of admitting that and seeing that, it's healthy shame. I want you to write th- that word down. Healthy shame and healthy guilt transforms us. Toxic shame, which is the shame that we don't want to look at or admit, Toxic shame is the ones we hide from. In other words, healthy shame is what you're doing right now. You're like, holy fuck. I've been calling them a narcissist, but I've been pleasing with just as just, I've been just and equally as manipulative in my own way, which thank you. This is, this is part of everyone that we take through the process. This is part of the the journey is the horrific, the horrific discomforting, (laughs) like you want to vomit right now. This is shadow work. You're facing your shadow, right? But the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. And I want to congratulate you because most people aren't at that stage. They, when they, when they um, apply to work with us, we deny them because they haven't reached where you're moving. I can feel that you're truly wanting resolution now. You're seeing that. And your question was, how do I forgive myself for all of this? Uh, yeah. Well, I the answer. The toxic shame. Totally. It was toxic <laughs> shame until you, it was toxic shame until you just admitted it to me and got held with understanding yeah. and empathy. That's what heals you. You must have a guide who will guide you to the truth and hold space for your truth and love you unconditionally through it. So I want to say I love you for sharing that. That takes fucking balls of steel, lady balls of steel. <laughs> I'm just proud of I you for that. Thank you. Okay. Because I really thank you for yeah. just 
reaching this this truth. Um, yeah, so I'd so how do you forgive yourself is the question. Well, first um, of all, here's the step yeah. one. Step one is to realize that you never, you never had a fucking chance from the beginning. How the hell were you supposed to know you are the product of developmental trauma? Parents that you likely, what nationality are you? I am half Indian, half English. Both parents were narcissistic. My okay. sister's not. There you go. There you go. Narcissist. Exactly. It was a whole, so, it, was narcissist. so basically <laughs> it's all like, let's just assume I like the more I study this and more I do my trauma work, the more I realize that we all are narcissists in our own way. It's just kind of like a spectrum and your parents who were very well-meaning people, if they didn't do their trauma work, they didn't do their healing work. They raised you and parented you as they were parented. And the way that you were parented, you will parent yourself. In other words, you will abandon yourself. You will, you will uh, invalidate yourself. And you will come up with sneaky, coercive ways to get your needs met because you didn't have them met as a child. It's just, mm. you had no chance. So now you come up with these adaptive strategies as all narcissists do. And then you, like me, like the rest of us become, you know, either one way you become the narcissist or you then, or you become the, the codependent, which is a covert narcissist is <laughs> just as manipulative, but, uh, but, but, you know, it, it's, there's two, there are two sides of the exact same coin, not to label and blame. And I'm not talking about NPD or a clinical diagnosis. I'm talking about traits. I'm talking about parts of us that we all have and your healing will depend on you bringing all of those shameful parts that you're just exposing back home. Cause that's why you've been behaving this way. It's because you hate those parts of you. So your work is, to find yourself mm -hmm. a guide, a community, and really like, I have a, if, if I'm gonna encourage you to do this first if you haven't already. Uh, on my Instagram, just go ahead and do that. There's a uh, attachment style quiz. It tells you what your relationship attachment style is because from that we can kind of identify uh, based on your history. It's, 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 a, it's not a diagnosis, it's a guide. It's a good place to begin. After yeah. that, after that's done, there's an option to watch mm -hmm. a, a complimentary uh, 90 minute workshop called Should I Stay or Go? So right now you're in that no contact. So it's very fresh with you. So you're in that in-between phase. You're perfect for this, this masterclass that I, that I did. It's 90 minutes long Amazing. and it will tell you the st specific steps you need to go through in order to get to the other side. And it's all there. All the information is there. I, I encourage you to go check it out. And after that's done, one of the, one of the steps is always, it, it's a climb, right? It's like hiking. One of the people who DM me today, she was like, I can't believe this is, this is even harder than hiking Mount Everest. I said, I know it's harder than hiking Mount Everest. And you would never hike up to the top of Mount Everest without guides, without a Sherpa without a team, without a community, you wouldn't do it alone. So you're not going to want to do this alone. You're going to want to find a guide and a community if you're actually serious to help you and hold you accountable, not just with support, but also with challenge by holding a reflection and going, ah, 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 Parika, look again, look again, think again. Mm -hmm. There's that story. I, your story is valid, but who are you trying to be? 
And it's mm-hmm. now time to create a new reality because the first half yeah. of life was just a completely uh, unconscious <laughs> tangled mess because we, we weren't the ones in control. It was these unconscious uh, childlike parts of us. Dios mio. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's your work. Would you, uh, you just blow my every, every, I'm just shaking and everything. It's crazy. Um, find, find a guide. So where would you recommend? Cause I've, I mean, I looked so long for like, more therapists, but I went through a few like in the consultation, I just wasn't getting what I wanted. So, um, do you offer services? Absolutely. Is, yeah. Is, yeah, this, um, this, these, these uh, clubhouse chats and these Facebook lives are brought to you by my programs, by the people who've actually invested and said, Nima, I want you to be my guide. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the time and the energy to do these without being sponsored by like the, you know, the, my, uh, my programs. So that's, that's exactly, okay. this is a, a great way. A lot of the amazing results that we see were from people who first heard about me in a clubhouse room who jumped on a call, uh, jumped on stage just like you did, asked me a question and said, yeah, he's an asshole, but I think I need that asshole to push me to heal. I wanna heal and I don't care about keeping my story. I want to break free and break the cycle of intergenerational trauma that didn't start with me, not by taking blame, but by taking responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're, okay. if that's you, will, I'd love to, I'd will. love to, love to hear more. And then all of, by going through that process with the, um, seeing the attachment style, watching the 90 minute training, you'll, right. you'll have a good idea if you feel comfortable and safe to have this asshole guide you up. <laughs> but I love doing it. We do it. We have programs and it's like, it's my absolute, it makes my heart sing to wake people up. And actually, mm-hmm. if you, um, uh, what I recommend you do is um, jump into my Facebook community as well. And I just did a post just recently that I reposted. It's called Covert Narcissism, How to Spot the Toxic Feminine. And I want to acknowledge myself, narcissistically, by the way, for, for, for doing a very risky uh, uh, session on Facebook Live. And it's also on YouTube, by the way. Um, that all the women, 100% of the women who saw that were like, wow, thank you for this information. I really appreciate it. Like they, nobody took offense to it. Nobody came up to me was like, you fucking patriarchal. Like I I was like, it was so well-received. It was probably the most well-received piece of content that I've ever done. And it's on YouTube and all of that's available for you. That's brilliant. That really reflects where a lot of us are at. I think a lot of people are hitting breaking point and and their therapists getting valid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 validating your victim story is important in the beginning parts when you are in despair. You must be the victim. Many people by by the way, many people bypass that part. They're like, oh, but I'm fine. I don't want to play the victim. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. ah. Yeah, Careful. That's that's gaslighting yourself. Exactly, yeah. and that's not going to help you. Everyone's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. He, 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 he was, he was abusive and da, 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 but I'm okay. I'm above this. That's spiritual bypassing and self gaslighting. And that's, that's not going to help you either. That's going to keep you stuck because there is a victim inside of all of us that needs that expression. The whole point of this training is to help, help you realize you can't just stop there. You got to go further. Indeed. So yeah, when you're done, finish those questions, send me a DM with the answers 
and let me know what you want to create in the next few months and um, apply and let's see if we're a fit. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you for your time. Awesome. It is, it is so important. It I, is, I yeah, appreciate no you. Words. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe. Got time for one more. Let's see. Awesome. We have NNZ. NNZ. Nans. Nans, are you coming up or is are, am I too late? Did we miss you? Nans. We have one more. There it is. Patrick. Come on up. Patrick Hernandez. Come on up. Are you coming? There you are. How can I help you? Okay. I can hardly hear you, brother. Can you just get a little bit closer to the microphone? All right. Can you hear me better now? Perfect. Thank you. So I was suggested to this um, clubhouse. So my question is, how this applies to me because I do not tell my story. Okay. Um, I, I go out of my way not to. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, how does this apply to you? So it sounds to me like you have a story inside of you that, that, that you, you've been hurt in the past. Correct. Yes, absolutely. It's very recent. Oh, I mean, it's, something that's, like it's a, something that's current. It's something that's still being dealt with. Like a breakup. Um, yes. Okay. And in, you're, and you're, sense. are you, and you're not telling anyone you haven't told anybody you haven't been um, sharing I mean, this I've, with people. I mean, people, people kind of know something's going on some people, but I've really only told like one person. Okay, great. So here's my question. What is it that you would like to know? What is the, your specific question about this? What is it? What do you want? What, what are you curious about right now? Why, like, why would somebody tag you in this? Well, that's my question. That's my <laughs> I don't know. I didn't tell them to tag you. <laughs> what, why would somebody tag you in this conversation? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out because this, I, 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 I get the, the basis and the gist of the, of the conversation, right? which is victimhood and not allowing yourself to feed off of that victimhood and take responsibility for the healing, even though yeah. it happened and just to move forward. And there's reasons why we might not want to give up that victim story. Now here's yeah. my question. Who are you telling the story to? No one. Uh, who other than other than people out there, are you telling it to yourself? No, you're no, not, no, no. You're not telling yourself this victim story that you were hurt and like you were you were an innocent victim and you're blameless and you had no part in it. You had no nothing to contribute to the to the issue. Am I telling myself that? No, absolutely not. The okay. thing that goes through my head all day is why me? Like what did I do? Why uh, me? Like, okay. what, what what did I do trying to figure out what I did? Because I know there was something I did. I know it wasn't I know it wasn't I know I'm not blameless. Okay. You're just like, it sounds like you just, so you, you just got, you just got cut off there a little bit. Your voice is not that clear. Um, Sorry. There you are. So, so as far as, as far as this, this victim hood um, um, uh, clubhouse goes, I'm trying to figure out how this applies to me. Well, it sounds like you're just still stunned. You don't know what's just happened and it was, was just recent. And it sounds like he or she is not even speaking to you. 
I, they're actually listening to this at the moment. They're the ones who suggest that I do this. Okay, well, um, it could be that they are experienced. Like, I don't know. Like, you're asking, it sounds like you're asking me to get into the mind of, of your friend who's also listening, is wondering, it's like, hey, get in this. It's, it could be, I'm just guessing here, that they feel one of the reasons why they, you know, don't want to... Um, kind of be in a relationship with you anymore i'm just guessing is they're experiencing you as a victim not to them but just to life in general um well so uh, so am i am i am i getting warmer or because i'm just no, as, i'm no, just you're, as going, you're going farther away okay because i'm 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 just as confused as you are right now <laughs> well, to be honest with you yeah, sorry. So, I mean, no one's really going to know anything. So it's a, it's a domestic dispute issue. Okay. Um, of which happened maybe a year and a half, two years. Okay. Um, worth of, and between it was you and this Between you and this other person? Yes. Okay. And it was perpetrated by another person to you? Yes, it was perpetrated by, by this person to me. Towards the end, I did kind of lose it at the end and, and snapped. Okay. Um, towards the end of the, towards the end of it. Okay. That was I, a year and a half ago. Um, no, this was about maybe eight months ago. Okay. And so since then, is that when they left you? No, they probably, they, they left. So how the leaving went was I told them I needed space, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like, uh, okay. because we have a family, so I couldn't, I could not do that. Okay. So, so she made the decision to leave. It's been about two months or maybe so, uh, beginning of November, I want to say. So let me ask you this. So you had this dispute prior to this new relationship. No, this was part of this new relationship. Okay. This was this relationship. Okay. So, so you, you felt victimized by this person within the relationship six months, 18 months ago, eight months ago, sir. Yes. And you, because of that, you needed space because of what happened. You couldn't cope with it. You needed space. You're still holding on to the resentment based on what happened. And you have, you been keep bringing it up again and again and again to the point where, to the point where there's conflict within you constantly going back to that event. Yes or Hello? no? Can you hear sorry, me? I got cut. I'm sorry. I got cut off for a second. All right. I didn't hear so, the so stay, stay put here. Cause I'm, I really want to help you here, Patrick. So eight months ago, I'm trying to put this, put these pieces together here and do the best I can. So, okay, eight so months I, I, ago. I'll hold on. The, hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. Pat, let me, let me drive the bus okay. on this because I'm trying to get to a specific outcome and maybe you might not know where, where I'm trying to help you. You um, go right ahead. Okay. Eight months ago, there was an argument between the two. There was a conflict between the two of you and you felt hurt and perpetrated. Can I pause, can I pause you there for a moment? Okay. It was physical, domestic, physical, domestic. Okay, you got hurt. You over, got... The of, over the course of about a year and a half. Okay. And since that happened, what has you, have you been bringing it up and constantly talking about it and, and, and feeling hurt by it and, and this, and she or he, has been it, it gets brought up during the course of conversations between me and the person okay only 
That is it. Okay. And not constantly, only when I feel it's necessary. Okay. And so it sounds like this person uh, wants you, like you're asking me, I've never, by the way, Patrick, congratulations. I have never had somebody come up on stage and ask a question like this before. It's like, I'm, I'm now trying to do detective work to try to get into the mind of this other person based on some of the facts that you've been telling me. And here's what I'm coming up with. And I could be way off here. And I'm okay with that because, hey, this is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not your therapist. I'm not your, I'm not even your coach. You just asked yeah. a, 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 a question. It sounds like based on what happened, you guys have this toxic dynamic going on and um, physical violence happened, which I'm sorry that that happened, but this is what happens when two people um, are knocked back in their wounds. We, we turn into little children and little children hit each other in the sandbox. But unfortunately, when we become older, then people can get hurt, right? So this other person now has, it's gotten there. And now, since the last time it happened was eight months ago, as you shared, and you're not really complete with that just yet. You're still feeling hurt by that. And this person is still feeling hurt. So it sounds like they invited you here to hear because this victimhood is coming up in your relationship a lot. You don't tell other people, but you probably tell this person and they feel that you're stuck in a story uh, and staying in that story. It sounds like they want, this person wants healing. That's why you're here. It sounds like this person w really wants you to overcome that story and to heal. That's basically why you're here. I mean, that's your question. And so I hope I was helpful. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't get into the mind of, of that other person, but this is probably something you would want to talk about. And uh, when you're ready to get to the root cause of it and take not, not blame because it's not your fault you got hit, but there's two of you in that relationship. First of all, make sure that you're safe. If you're, if you're not, if you're, you don't feel safe, then you really, number one, you know, I don't want to kind of gloss over violence like that. I want to make sure, number one, it's not cool. Have that space, have that safety, and then get your healing work done. Because whatever you two are going through right now has very little to do with the two of you. And it's got everything to do with unresolved trauma bonds. It sounds like you guys are in a trauma bond. And it's not them, it's your dad or your mother that you're incomplete with. And, and them too you are taking the role of dad or mom for them. And it's like two little children arguing. And so breaking the trauma bond would be your next step. And when you do, you'll, you're able to have more clarity in the current relationship. All right. Yeah. Hopefully that was helpful. I don't even know. Uh, I'm not sure if that was even the answer because that was a really vague question. It was like, why, why am I here? Like, why did this other person send it? Well, probably because they see you uh, playing a victim story and they're playing one too. And they think that maybe we should listen to this and, 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 and start doing something so that we can break the cycle because constantly telling my side of the story and me telling my side of the story back and forth doesn't actually resolve it until we go deeper than the story to actually heal. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? Well, at some point we need to kind of wake up, grow up, and uh, do our own healing work. So hopefully that was helpful. Uh, one last question, why not 345? Come on up, please go for it. Are you there? 
So those of you, um, if you have, if you haven't already, please make sure uh, you answer those specific questions. I'm going to get you those three questions. If you want to break, if you want to break the cycle, Patrick, this is for you. How did I contribute to the outcome? Number two, what did I settle for based on my conditioning? See, it's not your fault. Notice this isn't to shame you. It's based, it's to understand. And the third one is by choosing them, how did I abandon myself? This is the beginning steps of taking responsibility. If you are ready to learn how to get past your victim story, truly, not just story here, but out of your body, send me the answers to that in a DM. Tell me what you want to create. And then I will send you an application and we can see if you're a, a good fit for it. Because when you do, all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, I'm, I wasn't powerless. I was actually powerful the whole time. And because I'm powerful now, I can rewrite my future. It doesn't have to be based on the past. I can choose a different step in the dance in that familiar old story. And we can break that cycle. Why? Because nothing is more important than healing and having healthy relationships. And the biggest obstacle is my desire to stay in that victim story. See you at the next perfect time.